Ladies and gents, boys and girls, welcome back to another Sporting 160 EN podcast. Uh, joined by a special guest before I get to him, joined by my co-host Christian as always. What's going on, Christian? Doing all right. Uh, I guess it, I was actually shocked to see that it was Wednesday today. So it's I'm trying to put myself back in how I was feeling on Saturday. But there was like a little bit of a, uh, of a meltdown. There was a meltdown leading into the game, and then the game's result did not help the uh the way that things are trending so yeah uh still haven't signed anyone but there's now rumors and uh yeah i guess there's a little bit more business of taking care of that we'll we'll get into but yeah excited to to get into it and relive how pretty underwhelming it was (laughs) yeah i definitely had a malone on saturday i still kind of have a malone um we're of course joined by special guests dude feel free to speak your mind and your piece, but try not to rub too much salt on these wounds. <laughs> We're joined by Rui Dos Santos at Ruizing92, also the uh, Red Card uh, Report podcast, and recently the Porto podcast in English. What's going on, Rui? What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for inviting me on the show to talk, uh, you know, some things Porto and mostly all things uh, smart things. So uh, I'm really excited. Uh, you know, I've I followed your page every now and then for the last several years. I know you guys launched this uh, project around the same time uh, my friends and I launched the, our first pod, podcast. So I always tuned in every now and then to check up on Sparting to make sure, you know, I was up to date on stuff. You guys do a great job. So I'm really happy to be here chopping it up with you guys. Yeah, bro. We're glad to have you on, man. Glad to have you on. Uh, for sure, guys, don't forget to follow Sam was on vacation, Steph, myself, but more importantly, the page. All right, let's get on to these Twitter questions, which I know are going to be fun. Because, uh, you know, Sparting, of course, took a 3 0 beat, oh, beating. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, all right, so from Matt Paiva at M Paiva7, Casa de Paiva, what's your biggest pet peeve with Amorim? I know everyone has something. Mine is the fact he refuses to try a three man midfield. Um, with uh, with what we have now in Bregasa injury, it looks even more likely he'll try it. Super stubborn on his formation. Um, I guess I'll give that one to you, Chris. Emily and Pet Peeve. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I don't know if it's him because he, I, it's definitely the striker thing, and I don't know how much of it is him because we did have another striker, but as we know today, he took a jet to France. So, there briefly was two strikers, but for the most part, there's really only ever been one. So, yeah, that's definitely pissed me off. But as we'll talk about in the game, the trick count Edwards, Poth, front three will work against certain opposition, but against other opposition that's the higher level, it, it, it's not, it's not going to be that reliable. Yeah. Uh, facts. I think it's too easy to like pick on a mooding now, to be fair. Um, all right, next question from Creator. Um, they ask predictions for Champions League group trot tomorrow. Rui, I'll give this one to you. Um, either or Porto, Sporting, Befica. Uh, what are the let me actually pull up pot one life? Yeah, I'm jealous of your pot one life. Yeah, I know for real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely uh, an advantage. Oh, but this only shows who we can possibly face, right? Well, Porto, uh, yeah. are here. Befica's somewhere with us, right, in pot three? Yes, or four. Yeah, they must be yeah. three then, yeah. yeah. You know what? Let me actually just Google it. If you go to Sporting's out. account, they tweeted out the full four pods, I think. But that should be relatively easy to pull up. Yeah. But I will say that the when everyone is, like, making a uh, of a, uh, a draw for Sporting, it's always Eintracht. And then it's either Sevilla or Juventus from... Oh, that's not sure. Let's see. Is that not include pot three also? Yeah. Here, I'll do it quickly. UCL pots 2022. How, how is Eintracht this season? Does anyone know? Everyone's kind of... Uh... <laughs> I mean, they won Europa League, right? Fucking... I don't much respect on Twitter. I, I'll say that, but... Yeah, I mean, we're going to end up with a very difficult group. Um, two two Bodonians, most likely, and I feel like we're going to be in a position where third place is a very chill if we have two very good teams in our group. 
Okay, I think this is it. Don't quote me for being historically accurate here. Huh? I should have had this prepared. I didn't even look at the questions. We sort of we sort of rushed this shit just now, anyways. All right, boom. That should be nope. That's wrong. We're not. Oh yeah, we are putt three. Okay. Yeah. Boom. So Frankfurt, Madrid, City, AC, PSG, Porto, Bayern, and Ajax, Liverpool, Chelsea, Barca, Juve, Atletico, Sevilla, Leipzig, Tottenham. You can even argue pot two is tougher than part probably than pot one. Then pot three for you, Rui. Uh, Dortmund, Salzburg, Shakhtar, Inter, Napoli, Befic. Well, Befica Sporting you can't get. Leverkusen might get Hudson and Doy, fun fact. And then Pop 4, Rangers, Zagreb, uh, Red Star, Marseille, Olympiacos, Copenhagen, Celt- uh, Club Bruges, and Celtic. So, yeah, who are you? What are, what are your thoughts? What's your wishes for Porto, I guess? I'm um, hoping we're going to get um, – <laughs> I'm hoping we're going to get a lot better luck this year than we did last year being in the group of death. Uh, luckily – we were uh, able to finish at least in third and continue in Europe. But, I mean, these things are just so hard to, to predict. Who I would like, I mean, <laughs> I would take the easiest uh, the easiest pot as possible, the, the selections possible. So I would probably, I'd probably go with Juventus. I'd like to take Juventus, uh, Schacht, uh, Salzburg, and then maybe Copenhagen. That's that's who I would like. But predictions wise, it's so hard to to choose from. Obviously, the Portuguese teams can't be chosen because can't play against the teams in the same group uh, from the same league. But yeah, I mean that's who I would like because I would love to get into the to the Champions League knockout stage. We all know, you know, it, nowadays it's so important to get into. The Champions League in the first place, and if you can actually just stretch, you know, teams like Benfica, Sporting, and, and Porto can just stretch it out into the round of 16 or even the quarterfinals, it's a great season. So, um, luckily for for us to uh, us three, we we have our club in the Champions League. It's all a matter about getting into the knockout stage. So, hopefully, we have better luck this year. And I will say this yeah. just real quick: looking at Pop Four, there are zero fun and away trips. In, in, yeah. that, in that group, except for maybe Bruges, but all of the other ones are infernos that you would be entering. Yeah. Um, not ideal. <laughs> yeah, literally all of them. All of them. <laughs> Fun fact no Russian club, too, eh? I just realized that, too. True. No Russian um, club. It really, anyway, Zenit, probably. That's what I was, yeah, I was like, where's Zenit on here, anyways? But yeah. Um, all right. Next question comes in from our boy Nuno Gabriel at Kati Valins. Um, based on Adan's performance in the classic game, uh, reference to the Sporting English account, um, do you think it's time we give Israel a game or two and see how he does? Whoa. Um, Damn. That's crazy. I, I've been hating on Adan. I, I think that's a little too much of a stretch. Oh, let me share with uh, Twitter. Again. But yeah, Chris, take it away, dude. Uh, not yet. Not yet. But... Yeah, I mean it's it's not been it's not been great. It's really not been great for since like you know mid last season. I feel like. Yeah. But I'm also not sold on Israel really either. So. Just hasn't proven himself, but he hasn't really had full opportunity. Obviously, he's only played preseason, right? So he hasn't he hasn't had a chance. But I also am not sold. Who knows what, what could happen? He might be playing by the end of the season. Yeah. Rui, as, as somebody who had a, a, a big keeper performance over the weekend, um, what are your thoughts on it, Dan? Do you think Sporting should be looking at alternative options, or do you still think we should we should place faith on it, Dan? Yeah, man, man, he had a real... Sorry, sorry. He had a real uh, rough game. It was, you know, the first goal, it was, it was pretty bad goalkeeping. There was other ways that he could have went about it, and you know, mistakes happen, and Porto were lucky that even Nielsen was at the right place at the right time as well. Um, but you got to do better than that, and especially on the third goal as well, where well, it was a penalty, but it, that penalty it, it can't happen. It's too far outside, not outside the box, but it's on the edge of the box. Basically, goalkeeper has to be certain at all times when you come out that far out. Uh, you should time it perfectly. And if it's 50-50, the angle that Galena was at, it was hard for him to get a shot off if he was to collect. 
um, to collect himself. By that time, Spartans defense would have tracked back, and you know that was the better option to place your bets on that having your defense track um, to track back and not just go go after it. He was having a rough night, and I think he just let his uh, head get the best of him, and he just went out not really caring, down to nothing. But it's a mistake that you can't really afford to make, already having a bad game, and then you go out and uh, basically make a risk, risking challenge like that, and it doesn't go in your favor. It just makes matters worse. Yeah. Doesn't yeah, look sorry. great on the fourth goal either. The one that's disallowed that. <laughs> that shouldn't have been. But yeah, it's yeah. not. That's not great either. <laughs> yeah. Um, compared to our rivals, how do our transfers stack up? Uh, so that's from David Oliveira. Um, early times. I'll ask the second one to to Hui, but the first one. So compared to our rivals, how do our transfers stack up? So that's like you mentioned, Chris. The fourth goal from Veron, uh, who came from Palmeiras. Um, any other goals from, from, let me think here, from, uh, transfers, Pui, Uribe, Vinilson, no, Pepe, but that was like January-ish. No. Yeah, not a lot of, not a, not a lot of changes in Porto's side. Um, but anyways, Chris, I think that one I mean, Sporting and Benfica have spent about the same. I think it was like a shade under 40. Maybe Benfica was a bit over 40 and Sporting was like a 38 or something like that. That's crazy. You spent 38 I, on who? But also, Benfica is about to go up because they just dropped like 15 on this new uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire number, right? So I would say Benfica is obviously they probably reinforced themselves the best. Yeah. How do you, how does it stack up with them? How do you think? Uh, to I, both I, of them, really, because even Porto, I mean, they lost, they lost Viting and and Fabio Vieira, who were crucial to them last season, and. I don't think they look as bad as we do. No. Sad as, as it is to say. It's also St. Just hasn't played at yeah, all. So, exactly. Or barely played. So that's that looks like one third of that money is, is on him, right? So and the other yeah. third of it is Trincon, who's, you know, been up and down, right? A mixed bag so far. Yeah. We've lost a critical midfielder. Maybe we're gonna be replacing him, but Obviously, to be determined, A, if that happens, and B, how much of Mateus issues he'll be able to fill. No guarantees. Yeah, losing him before the Classic was just absolutely rough. It's yeah. either at that point. There was bickering. Ruben Amorini is bickering indirectly at the administration through the press. Yeah, the whole week leading up to the Classic was a mess. mess. Yeah. yeah, honestly, from like a neutral perspective, I, I honestly feel bad for you guys because he was arguably your best midfielder last year alongside Juan Padinha, who was fantastic. He leaves, and you're kind of expecting it, but why couldn't they wait like one more week after the Clásico and then just recoup, reorganize, go into an easier opponent? It's either that or you guys should have just got rid of him before the season started. Yeah. Work with the tools that, offer that you have. Been there for two weeks. You know, it's the same. Yeah, that's just that's just unacceptable, man. And it just left Ruben Amorim dry, left out with no real options. I mean, I like Ugarte. I think he's going to be a fantastic player, young, but doesn't have that much experience. Yeah. Um, only twenty-one years old. Maybe that has even less experience. <laughs> you go, yeah. you, you go into a game against Porto when last season and even your championship season, obviously your counterattack was dynamite, which plays a huge part into uh, into a lot of your success. But your midfield was sensational throughout that period, the last two seasons, uh, at least in my opinion. So already losing João Palhinha, and then you lose Mateus Nunes, which I think probably could have made a bit of a, di a difference in this game. 100%. Instead of having Morita and Ugarte, maybe if Mateus Nunes was in that position where Morita was, he would have scored. You know, there's, you yeah. know, Spartans midfield just looked absolutely clueless. You know, there was just no connection. There was no fluidity. And Porto just let Sparting grab onto possession. And there was really nothing that the midfield was, was, um, was really, nothing was clicking on that side. The, the fullbacks, the wingers were trying to get things going, but nothing from the midfield. They were getting beat by the press and they couldn't contain Porto, you know, in transitions, Morita and Ugarte picked up two yellow cards early on because they were out of position. So it, it, it was a different game for Sporting that they had to play, in my opinion. 
it was a little bit out of their comfort zone and what they usually do really well. And it ended up costing them dearly. They looked very uncomfortable. Yeah, I agree. We even missed out, like, just the simple thing that Matilde brings that, like, brings the ball forward at times, you know? Right. We missed that out because Murita's not doing it. Murita, I, you know, he's, he's, he's looking at the type of player <laughs> I am in the soccer field. But he's always, he gets the ball and he's looking for a pass sort of thing, right? Right. Whereas Matilde Nunes, he'll drive at you. And like you said, if, if Matilde Nunes is at the same spot Murita does, how do you know? Does it hit the post? Matilde Nunes has been like probably our clutch player ever since yeah. like uh, ever since our championship season, you know. So yeah, and um, it's not even just like being in that position. I think just his impact alone, the quality yeah. that he offers onto the pitch, players like that. He's you know outside of Vitinha, he was probably the best midfielder in, in Portugal last year, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so you already know what caliber player and what he can bring. He can change the midfield, even if Ugarte is uh, alongside him. So. It's not just being in that position. It's just the totality of everything, what he offers, could have made a difference. So I'll ask you this. It brings you on. I know it's early days, like Dave's saying, but how do you how do you see us compared to you and to Porto and Befica, really? Honestly, I think going into the season, and even to right now, even with Spartans' issues, Porto has their own issues. Uh, you guys were just extremely unlucky going into this game and not having Paulinho too is not easy you know he's just a reliable good primera league uh primera liga striker you know so that's never easy going into a classico without your your striker um overall i think we're all pretty well balanced uh there's not too too much that separates us maybe depth uh for us in terms of we have good depth in terms of attackers but we have like depth of question marks in that midfield for us and when we saw how we played last year our midfield was our driving force Fabio Vieira came onto the scene played great uh, in the second half of the season and Vitinha was sensational when he started so right now we have to find out for us is to find out if we can get to that sort of level and play a much more positive style of play where we're possession-based and we can create and control the tempo from the middle and our wingers and our attackers can feed off of that. If not, it's it's going to be it's going to be a it's going to be a huge challenge. And Spartan have their issues as well. Uh, but I feel like with time, because there's a lot of young players, a lot of new signings, and now you guys have a little bit more of an easier schedule because you got Braga and Porto already out of the way. So I know it wasn't the best performances and results to get, but now it's kind of a clearer breeze to the second half of the season. So that's an advantage for, for you guys. We still have to play Benfica and Braga. And for Benfica's aspect, I think they're more – of the same with more a few more improvements i think enzo fernandez has really made a, a, an incredible impact so yeah. um think are more of the same they they're, they're going to be switching around that that back line i think with muratu otamendi and, and bertongan uh their attackers are pretty good rafa silva uh and whatnot and company up there uh gonzalo ramos fantastic yeah. player so I don't know. I, I know there's a separation in points right now, but there's a lot of football to be played. There's, like I said, Spartan have a little bit of an easier schedule now, so maybe they'll catch a break. And who knows? It's never guaranteed playing against Braga or Benfica that you're going to get three points. Uh, and even a draw against one of them, it's it's highly likely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, only time will tell, I guess. Uh, let's see, Catavales or, or Nuno Gabriel again. If and it's a big if there's a performance on our side that stood there's a performance on our side that stood out to most of you guys, who was it? Uh definitely not Pedro Porro. There was really no performance. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't really Pot was okay, but even him was nothing special. Um all right, next question at from Silva at S uh Silva CP. Um was Pedro Minge a good deal, or was it better to keep him in the squad um, as he is, in my opinion, a good striker that can actually get us some goals? Pedro Minge just going to the second division in Italy, by the way, right? Yeah. yeah. So, Chris, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I'm assuming it's the same deal, 500K for 50%. Uh, yeah. 
He was never going to play. It was never going to happen here. In yeah, a serious I, way. Shout out to that one goal in Europa League, but that's about as good as it gets. <laughs> um, uh, Paul Rodriguez at Paul J-Rod. Uh, is Sporting stronger with Rage at left wing back and Neto at center back? Or Rage at left back and Nuno Sancho at left wing back? Or sorry, Rage, I guess, at left center back and Nuno Sancho at left wing back. If Paulinho returns to the 11, who gets sent to the bench? What would you like uh, Amorim to improve on regarding uh, in regards to the preparation of Sporting example tactics formation? Okay, so the first one I'll answer. Um, I think the best... And, and would be I, I still continue to say Reish at left back, uh, and if not, I mean not too sure, but Saint Juice should be back at center back eventually. Fucking hell, um, what's up with us buying fucking injured players or injured center backs like with, with Fadal? Like this is fucking enough's enough. Um, Chris or, or, or Rui, I'll give you this one because we were just talking up uh, Paulinho. If but once Pauling ret- returns out of that front three of Trincao, Marcus Edwards, and Pot, who do you see going to the back or, or going to the bench? I would or say do you see um, Paulingo goes to the bench. No, I, I think Paulingo would have to start, in my opinion, because he's just a he's a natural striker. Neither of those three are, and I think in Portugal, you don't have to be the best striker but you need to have a striker that you can rely on. And I think Paulinho has a lot of his experience. I don't know how you guys rate him um, so far with his tenure at, uh, at Sporting, but he was always pretty good at Braga. Um, he would have given us a physical presence against Porto, which you, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And um, no, he's, he's a great, pretty made a league striker. So, you need to have him on the pitch because none of the other guys, those guys are, are dynamic technical players. They're not pure poachers. They're not number nines. So you need to have that. And one of those guys are more than capable of being a reliable super sub like Galeno has been this season for us, like Fabio Vieta was for a good portion of last season coming off the bench and, and giving a good performance with the opposition having tired legs. So, I think that is good. I think that's good versatility to have uh, different options, different attacking options that can help you uh, against uh, anyone, really. If you're in in need of a goal, it's always great to have a super sub like that. Because I think all three of those players um, are really good attacking-wise. You're muted, Danny. My bad. Last one was for you, Chris. What would you like uh, Amurin to improve on? Or or was there anything that you thought Amurin did wrong? He's been getting a lot of hate. Uh, Rui, I don't know if you're, you're not in the you're not you're not in the, the sporting Twitter sphere, so I'll I'll let you in if you haven't seen it. He's getting a lot of hate. I, I'm not saying not all of it isn't or, or all of it isn't unjust, but I think like 99% of it is unjust. He has very little options right now. It's true, yeah. He has no options. And if Mateus Reyes is going to be play horrible, if Neto is going to play horrible, um, if the if he has literally no other options in midfield, he has no true striker. I mean, what, what is he supposed to do? Create players out of thin air that he doesn't have? I mean. And he, just throw in a kid and, and hope for the best? Like, that's also not how the best either. 11 that, that is able to be provided to him right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right, let's get straight into the game. Uh, let me bring up the starting 11. Um, here it is. So the home team started with, uh, Vil Costa, who got man of the match on goal point. I think he got man of the match, uh, after the, like the Sport TV one, right? Am I correct in that? I think so. At least he deserved it. At least the kid fucking incredible. If he doesn't start for us in the world cup, I don't know what the fuck. Uh, from the sense just smoking. Anyways, Gil Costa, uh, Zaidu. To be honest, huh? I actually think that he might. He better. Yeah. Like, the, no offense. I mean, okay, maybe maybe we're a bit salty with Rui, but come on, he's not. Rui's not pulling what what Gil Costa is doing right now. Not at Roma. I can show you, and and Rui who who watches Syria, I'm I'm sure we can show you at least like off the top of our, like, five, at least Frangus that Rui suffered last season. Yeah, and he at cost least. us dearly. He cost us dearly against Serbia. Exactly. Uh, that was the Frangu of all Frangus. You can't yeah. even, in the time when you need it, and then you look at the performance that 
Hugo Costa had in the playoffs. He did rather well, in my opinion, for a young goalkeeper that just plays in the Primera Liga, playing against, you know, in not like the top, top quality international sides, but it's a game that matters most. And he did more than what you can expect. So, um, yeah, I think he, he should be starting. I think Rui Patricio is, uh, he was good with us. He was good for you guys. Uh, he, was, he was good on the national team for the time that he was there. But it's time to move on. Sorry, sorry. We missed one question. Juice box. You don't see how nothing is, bro. My bad. I just quickly overlooked it. Uh, his question was, one of my biggest criticisms of uh, um, FV uh, has been his lack of, oh, Federico Verendez has been his lack of planning of it for a season. For example, lacking depth in an important position for multiple seasons, late transfer window, etc. How do you guys feel about the incompetence and do you think Amudin is getting annoyed? Uh, I think it's clear to see he's getting annoyed, right? Like that last press conference was fucked. Uh, you know, he, he fully took out, like, you know, at first he was very respectful to Verendes. Last week, he didn't give a fuck about that respect. So uh, definitely annoyed. Uh, and I mean, it's nothing that we haven't preached enough about on this podcast about Federico Verendes. Am I right, Chris? Like, um, no need to get too into that. Shout out to you, Juicebox. We, we, we love you here. All right. Now back to the 11, like I was trying to, uh, to show now. Uh, boom, there it is. So, yeah, Dio Costa, Zaidu at left back, Marcano, Pep, João Mario completing the defense, Otavio, Uribe, Bruno Costa, and then up top was Teremi, Ivan Nielsen, and Pepe. Um, Spartans was a done in net, 3.7 from goal point. God damn. Yeah, bro. Total a 2.9, even though he had a classy save. <laughs> biased. Poru, Neto, Coachi, Nasio, Matheus Reis. With Ugarte and Murita in the midfield, front three of Trincao, Edwards, and Pot. Um, substitutions from Porto were my boy Ishtaku, Galenu, Veron, Wendell, Tony Martinez. For Sporting, Nuno Santos came in, who I thought provided us decent opportunities going forward. But Nuno Santos, Rochinha, St. Just, Fatau, and uh, Ricardo Luiz Gaio. Rui, I'll start it off with you, dude. Uh, thoughts on this game? Again, remember, so. salt in the wounds, not too much. I'm going, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I think Sergio Conceição played his cards right in this game as great of a performance Yuku Costa had. If if it were possible, I would give the man of the match to Sergio Conceição because absolutely everything that he went into this game, planning, strategy, approach, tactics, everything, Spot it's on. what he wanted. It wasn't supposed to be pretty football that we were supposed to play. It was to give Sporting the chance to work with their midfielders, the midfielders that, that they don't have from last year or from the championship season, and give them, have them do the work. And they couldn't do it. And Porto took advantage of that. I thought Bruno Costa in this game uh, reminded me a bit of Adrian Silva coming in uh, in the Euro 2016 against Croatia where he was just deployed to just run around the pitch and frustrate the midfield as much as possible. And he got the job done in that game. And I think for the 60 or 70 some odd minutes that Bruno Costa played, he was great. You couldn't ask more from him. He's not the flashiest player. He's not an everyday starter. He's none of those things, but he's a key role player that understands the game, understands the league and got the job done. So overall, I think, you know, with the help of Hugo Costa making incredible saves, keeping the momentum on our side is so, so crucial going into halftime because had those, any of those shots went in, the momentum would have swung. And going into halftime with momentum, it would have been on Sparthing's side. And who knows how the first 15 minutes of that second half would have been and played out. So big, big-time performance from Hugo uh, Kosh, the big saves. It, it's something that if this season goes down to the wire and we do end up winning, we're going to look back at those saves because it could have went the other way this game easily even with Sporting missing key players. So uh, overall, masterclass from Sergio Conceição, masterclass from Diego Costa, and Bruno Bruno Costa did a fantastic job coming in. I I agree. I was even... Low-key, I was talking shit because, you know, as a Canadian, I want to see... Listen, I want Porto to lose every game, but I want to see Ustaki play, you know what I mean? And he's been riding the bench <laughs> for a while. And I was talking shit, yep. but Bruno Costa, he does a job, you know what I mean? And... Uh, he was he started for you guys last season. If Vitinha really Vitinha didn't have that like didn't flourish as a player as much as he did, I thought 
I think Bruno Costa would have a lot more minutes under his belt than, than he did last season. Um, Chris, anyways, take it away. Let's not let's both try not to be too depressed about this game. No, I mean, I just think that we got overmatched uh, in the end. Like we we did we didn't have a target player up front. Like I don't know. Obviously, like Porto had the crowd behind them and those you know factors that are going to come with being the home side. Sporting was okay for the first like ten minutes or so. Yep. First ten minutes yeah. were decent, and then there were obviously sporadic moments, sporadic plays. We did create a couple chances. Um, we had one or two good chances in the first half. Maybe if we take the lead, it's it's different. But I still think it would have been tough for us to you know, you know, park the bus, you know, and and hold out with the one goal lead if we scored in like the thirtieth minute. But yeah, yeah, uh, I think that you know. I saw some – there's some cope on the sporting side. Like, you know, Doug Acosta is man of the match, so it, it goes to show we didn't get spanked that bad. It's like, no, we definitely got spanked pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were surviving for most of that first half after – like you said, after that 10, 15-minute spell. We were surviving after that. Sorry, and, Chris. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that there's really not too many performances that, that were noteworthy. Um, I think Morita looked really – like, I think that, like, one of the top, like, concerns that people would, you would have had or one of the, the top critiques of the Murita signing was, like, yeah, he's a good player, maybe a good, decent reserve option, a starter for some of the uh, the other games against, you know, the smaller clubs. But it's like, is he really ready for, for the big time, for real? And I think this game kind of proved that he's not quite there yet. Um, he showed flashes, played well in other games, but... I don't think he's ready to be a full-time starter at, at Sporting at this point. Um, Ugart, I think he's kind of had a tough th- start to the season as well. Um, not been easy. He has massive shoes to fill. He obviously had to be the leader of that midfield, so it's asking a lot. But, yeah, um, haven't really been – Ugart hasn't had his – he hasn't been as good as he was last season. Remember last season – there are points at last season where we're like, oh, we don't even care if Pelinga leaves. Ugarts, like, he's better than Pelinga. It's like, I think that may have been jumping the gun a little bit. Low-key, low Pelinga going for $20 million and us not really making a fuss about it was because we rated Ugart like, really high. And I still rate him, too, to be fair. But like, Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. I don't think he played that bad. He's just, he's a CDM. He doesn't, he doesn't give us what Matilz Nunes gives us, you know? Like, he needs that. That more mobile midfielder beside him. Well, I, I feel like he even showed better passing, better yeah. offensive flashes, flashes last year than he's shown so far this year. Um, yeah. yeah, that and I mean, I guess as far as like Kazu's, um, nice dive by it, who 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 was it? Was it Pot? Um, dive. Complete dive, no contact. I, it might I, have been yeah, plucked. I, I can't remember. Maybe, was it in the box? It was in the box, yes. I can't remember. I'm trying, I, yeah, can't, I can't remember either. It was a complete dive. Um, if anything, if on the goal where even Nielsen scores, I think that there's maybe a, a reasonable shout for a PK if it, if it like if it hits Tarami and then goes like somewhere else because it then gets there late and does not get the ball. And then it fortunately bounces to even Nilsson, so it didn't matter. But I feel like the VAR could have issued a PK on that. Um, yeah. And then on the fourth goal, I'm not really sure. I don't really see the foul. It's a hard tackle. It's a hard tackle for sure, but it, it wins the ball. I don't really see him even catch the man at all, really. And, yeah, for, if this is 4 nothing, that's a real that's a real drubbing. So I guess we kind of saved some face there. But... Three nothing still pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, four nothing, four nothing. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, the ref definitely felt bad. I mean, even after he gave Kodu a red, he fucking like gave him a little hug. Like, I'm sorry to have to do this to you, sort of thing, right? That was. Um, I guess we could talk about that decision to do that. Yeah. Because I guess it's. I think if the game is tied, it's maybe worth doing it. Sporting was already yeah. down a goal. He's now going to be suspended for future games. We have literally no depth yeah. at center back. Yeah. 
our we only have Ricardo is Gaio. We have Ricardo as Gaio, yeah. So yeah, that's never mind. We have no Gaio starting at right back. Um, yeah, so uh, I don't think it was worth doing that to be honest. And it's not like we were like what we were down one nil and we were banging on the door like pressing. It was all us. Like no, it's not like we were like we were felt like we were about to tie the game. Felt like Porto was much closer to the two nothing than we were with the one one. So. Yeah, I really think it was a, a, a poor decision. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I think it had to be done. Well, you're talking about the Poru, like, going Slapping in with the ball. The... Yeah. Oh, it had to be done, though, I think. I, like, regardless, I think it has to be done. I, I, you let that in. Yeah, that's fair. But who knows? We, what if he has a Luis Suarez moment? They missed the pen. I still think we lose the game handily. I agree. Listen, I agree. But... You know, you gotta still do that regardless. You know, like your last man back, there's a there's a shot. You, you it's within like an arm's reach. You go for it and you pray for the best. You know, like you never yeah. know. We we could have easily went up the field. Had one 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 game or, or for two. It might be for two because it was a straight. You, ride, yeah, right? I think it might be two. Which yeah, is like that's yeah. To, I don't I don't think it's worth it at all to to do that. You know, and given the the situation that Sporting was was in, and you know the chances of of saving or the opposition missing the penalty it's not likely um yeah. i mean obviously it does happen but i i agree with christian here i think uh it's just at, at that point you're just better off going down to nothing and just throw the kitchen sink with 11 men just get everyone forward see if you can spark some sort of uh attack uh of some sort and and get some goals because swarthing on their day even without paulinho uh, you guys do have the quality to to get some something going. I know it's hard to do that against uh, a, a team like Porto, uh, especially the way that they were playing in this game. But I think the chances are better because the season is a marathon and you have to look ahead. And that's that's the key point that, that in my opinion, that that Christian made is you're gonna miss yeah. you're gonna miss out on him. You know, for at least one game, maybe two, because it was a direct red card. Uh, the only positive uh, that I think that comes from all this is to show Adan what a real safe is. And <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That was some good technique right there. That was fucking incredible. That was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree to disagree. I still think it has to be done regardless, but, but I see your guys' point. You're right. Because if we lose next game, because he's guy who fucks us up, then definitely I'll, I'll be <laughs> yeah. saying the same thing, you know? Um, let me think. Let me think. Kazush. Um, I'll, I'll I'll bring it up to both of you, but Rui, I'll start with you. The the first one that uh, was a big kazu, especially on the Porto sphere. Um, Mateus Reis sort of nudging the ball boy to get the ball to him faster. Uh, thoughts on that? Think you, do you think he could have potentially gotten a red with that? Dude, I, I I hate I I hate this. I hate the Portuguese what? league too, bro. Just. <laughs> The kid shouldn't have put the ball down, okay? He shouldn't have put the ball down. He's supposed to toss it to him or hand it to him. But then again, he is a kid. I would have done exactly what Pep did, got in his face and just said whatever it was, and that's it. I'm not going to go and cry to the referee and give this guy a red card over it. If the referee sees it and he thinks that's what it is, fine, whatever. But I'm not going to cry about it. It's a classical. Don't toss people out of games because of – this kind of stuff. I know he's a kid. It's not right. You shouldn't do that to a kid. But don't go crying to it. Just beat him on the pitch, you know. And this yeah. whole crap between Sporting going to the referees, I mean, not to the referees, to the league, and then Porto is now going to the league crying for suspensions. Like, it's it's dumb. Just let it be. It's a classic. It happens. Let it be, you know. The suspensions from the, the, the last uh, season were a bit ridiculous, how it became bigger than what it actually was. It's two big teams fighting for the championship, and it happens. It used to happen all the time in sports, yeah. and now it's like you're not allowed to do it. Like, come on. It's, it's, it's competition. It's competition. So, um, yeah, you don't do that to a kid, but then again, it's don't, don't go crying about it afterwards. Yeah, I agree. I, I personally think Matej should have been more mentally uh, mentally strong than to do that. I get it's annoying at the time, but uh, Chris, anything to that? Yeah, it, there's not enough in it. Um, to be yeah. fair, like if he shoves him, if he if he pushes him, if he actually headbutts him, if he like 
if he uh, like assaults him in a more serious way, I would not be siding with him. But like, he just kind of like bumped into him. I don't know. It's it's idiotic that he even involved himself in that. But it's not bad enough that I think he should have been you know sent off or suspended after the fact. Yeah, and now the crying is just like so annoying from both sides. You got Marks versus Braga, just an like an annoying communications director battle to see who the most annoying can, can be. You're muted, Danny. I'm on mute. I'm on mute. Sorry. Uh, next, uh, next little cause I wanted to bring up, but I'm just trying to get the right frame. Okay, right there. Uh, was the pep incident on Murita just before the first goal. Uh, some people saying intentional, some others saying, and I kind of lean more on that side, that Pep's sort of falling over, as you see with the back heel sort of lifting up. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, I'll start with you off. Uh, I mean, you know, we say it all the time here. It doesn't matter if it's intentional or not. If it's a foul, it's a foul, right? If it's the right card, it's supposed to be the right card. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I think he probably knows what he's doing here. Um, but I mean, what do people want it to be uh, a red from, from the impression I've been getting? Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't, it's tough to say, cause if he's falling anything. over, he's falling over yeah, and Murita's like face yeah. down ass up basically. Yeah. Too, you know? like, yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I don't think it's enough for a red to be honest. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, like who he said, it's like, it's I a classic. You wanna... I mean, I didn't yeah, think he I, know I, he's I, behind him, and he just kind of sticks his leg up a little bit more. You know, maybe he doesn't know it's his face. He's thinking yeah, it's his he, chest. He, he's just, yeah. I I agree with both of you here. Um, Pep knows what he's doing, and he acts it very well, like a lot of players do when they fall over. They don't like getting fall fallen over by someone or or whatever. So. They're going to act as if the momentum is uh, carrying their body and they're going to swing a body part and hopefully they make contact with it and play it off as if it was an accident. Uh, We we see this a lot and sometimes it's called, sometimes it's not. Um, I think Pep knew what he was doing and he did a good job at acting it because (laughs) it had people questioning whether or not he actually did it on purpose or not. But, you know, anyone that's really played this game uh, or played sports in general, it's easy to kind of just act with momentum, you know, as you're falling. So, yeah, it's it's a classical. If the referee gave a red card, it's it, it, I guess it would be harsh because it looks like he actually fell and didn't mean to do it. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's yeah. I can see if the referee did give it, but I also see why he didn't. Yeah, I agree. I, like you said, it's a classic. I don't think it's uh... and Pep's a master of the dark arts, bro. There, there has to be yeah. some level of respect <laughs> to it too, though. I was just telling a buddy, um, like he was saying, like he was talking shit about Pep, like, oh, I don't like Pep, da da da. And he's like the type of player that if he's on your team, you love him. Like in for Portugal, for example, I love him. You know, when he plays Sporting, I hate him because he's not with us. You know, yeah, he's a he's a yeah, Maxi cool. Pereira, he's a Fabio Coentrão. You know, he's he's one of these players. You know, yeah. Um, next other Kauzu, I don't really, you know, these are just all big saves and stuff. The red card we talked about, uh, not really. I mean, anything to mention about the penalty that the, the last penalty, the third one that we nah. sort of gave away for, for keeping there. Clear. Yeah, clear penalty. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, goal... Atlanta, he doesn't to shit on the Don a little bit more. He doesn't need to do that. He's going yep. away from the goal. Um, I understand that he's yep. even though he has committed, he can probably try to pull out or just not fully commit when the guy is like you know going towards yep. the line at the corner of the box. Doesn't need to. Doesn't the ball doesn't need to be won unless you definitely know you can win it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I'm going to shit up on Adon a bit more. I don't want to say that a goalie that we released last, that we sold last season would do better, but I think Luis Max might have done better. I think it's just Adon's height. And that's weird for me to say because I'm a fellow short king as well, but his height gives him a lot to be desired. Like Even last season when, when he constantly got chipped, I think like if we have a keeper, I don't know how tall Adon is, maybe six foot, six one. I don't know. If we have a keeper that's maybe like six two, six three, six four, I think he gets there. Maybe with better, uh, with better. And okay, fair enough, James. Adan is coming from a knock. That's true too, allegedly at least. Who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, Rui. Last thing from you, because 
me and Chris both gave our opinions on it. The fourth, the the goal that was that was given uh, that was unlawful. I'm forgetting the English word right now. Um, from your boy Gabriel Verón from Palmeiras or formerly of Palmeiras. Uh, yeah. Thoughts on that one? Yeah, uh, I think it was a bit rash decision from the referee. I think he, I don't know what it was. I think in I think if the game was closer. I think he would have just let it play on and just finish and then go to VAR. And then VAR would have, you know, just dealt with it. Um, I think it was the wrong call. I think Veron won the ball. The camera angle that was given on TV kind of, you know, I kind of like I had to question it. Did he actually get the ball first or did he hit the side of the leg and then get the ball afterwards? I don't know. I, I couldn't really see much of the contact. The, cam- the camera angle wasn't that great, but... Mostly everyone's been saying that it's um, that it was a clean tackle. So I think uh, I think usually in situations like that, if it's a lot closer and whatnot, it would have uh, you know it would have probably continued. And that's a, I think the referee just stopped it. And you know I think he he was getting enough pressure already. These games are all, always a lot of pressure on the referees, and that's why we see like a lot of weird decisions in, in games like these. And you know we start complaining and everything, but the amount of pressure it's it's unreal and in portugal it's <laughs> you're just going to not stop hearing it and you're going to be crucified for making the wrong decision in a game like this so it happened in a time that didn't really matter because it was pretty much over it was late on so um yeah i mean i think it was i'm le- i'm leaning more on the on the clean side it was it was a goal that probably should have stood I agree. I think it was a goal. Here, I'll, I'll try to get the freeze flying off. But um, man of the match for you, Hui? Uh, yeah, Hugo Costa has to be. Um, I had to pick someone outside of a goalkeeper. I think it would be uh, Uribe for sure. I think the midfield really won us the game, uh, letting Sporting. You know, we let Sporting control the game in possession, and that press was so vital for us to win and frustrate Sporting's midfield. So. He was a huge part of it. But Hugo Costa saves, you have to give him the man of the match. It, it happened in a moment that was just so important, and it would have played a huge part. Like I said, the, the momentum just stayed with Porto because we just scored a goal, and had Spartan cut the momentum and carried it into halftime, and Ruben Amorim doesn't have to restructure or go into the second half with a different plan. You know, being behind, you have to, at some point in the second half, you have to change your tactics and throw everything and get that that goal to tie the game. So um, he wouldn't have had to do that if the game was tied into halftime. So it played a huge, huge role. So Porto were really, really fortunate that you crossed the made those saves. Yeah. Please. Uh, I honestly thought that uh, Arube was, like, probably, like, the non Diogo Costa man of the match as well. Um, I guess if I if I had to give one on the sporting side, uh, I wouldn't. Personally, I wouldn't. Yeah, there really isn't anyone that that really comes to mind. To be honest, maybe maybe Kawats, but not really. Yeah, Kawats was decent. Even Tinkham had a good game, I think. Yeah, like, Tinkham was decent. That first, if we if he scored, I mean, most goalies, I think he scores that. You know, through the defender's legs, um, right after they got there first. I man, I was convinced we scored that, and you know that 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 shoots us some confidence. That shoots the kids some confidence. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm giving mine to Dio Costa too. Unreal, unreal. If not Dio Costa, I, I even liked Ivan Nielsen a bit. I even liked I, Uribe, like you said, Bruno Costa, like you said, um, even. Um, why am I forgetting the name? Otavio was being a little pest that fucking game too. He's always a pest against Sporting, though. To be fair, but yeah, yeah, and he's just another one of those that you know you hate. You want him to do well for the national team. You know, everyone loved him when he scored that goal yeah. um, in the playoff, and everyone hates him when you when you play against him. He's one of those pesty players, annoying, but you love to have him on your team. He's a hard worker and he's a decent player. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, we're going to go on to some quick uh, sporting transfer news for me. Bear with us. I'll, 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 I'll ask some, some Porto ones, though. Um, Grish, what are your thoughts on uh, Jovan being brought back from the dead? Very, very weird. And honestly, it shocked me. Yeah. 
we joked back in the day, like a year ago, because it was the Jovan is about to renew. Jovan by Grimovad, like he's doing it. He's at the academy. It's going to happen tomorrow. And then like it would never happen. And then like six months would pass and it happened again. It'd be like, okay, he's about to renew. He's about to renew. He's going to do it <laughs> Nothing tomorrow. And then it would not, it went, just wouldn't happen. And then it just fell off again. And then he fell off. So then the renewal talk has just been completely dormant for probably like a year now. And then all of a sudden he's just renewed for three years. I guess that was the deal. He's like, I'm not coming back without guarantees. So they had to give him some guarantees, some more years, but really bizarre and like honestly a, a, a very visible sign of like obvious desperation i feel like as well yeah yeah exactly that that's my that's the biggest thing is like how desperate are we that uh i mean it happened to be fair it happened like with balinga where, where the club was trying to force him out force him out has had his but, moments for the club he's had great yeah. moments for the club but it's just no zero consistency whatsoever agreed agreed and with Balinga, we knew there was a player there they would just want to get rid of him whereas jovan not saying that there's not a player there but there's a player with who's injury ridden so uh over and under chris in uh six weeks he's injured over and on over and under uh, i mean if he's like is he gonna i hope playing in any regular basis, bro, he doesn't he even play, doesn't even need him to be playing to be, for him to get injured. Is he gonna play mm-hmm. at, up top? Is he gonna play on the wing? Both. Yeah, wing. I think up top. I think up top. We have <laughs> enough wingers as it is. But we're, we're looking to get Navarro, so I don't even know anymore. Um, maybe we're moving plots in the midfield. Who knows? No, Navarro's not coming. Navarro's. Is he going to Valencia? They say right or no? No, that's Andrea Almeida. Oh, that's right. He came from Valencia, though. That's right. You're right. Which is another another just stab to the uh, Rui. You as well, actually. We'll we'll talk quickly about Andre Almeida because he was he was almost like this close to going to Porto. Uh, now at Valencia, seven point five million. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I was a huge fan of his going into the season. Uh, the midfield was my biggest worry, and. A lot of people thought that the center back, the depth in center back was going to be it. Um, that never really concerned me too much uh, because we signed up David Carmo. But yeah, Andre Almeida was just, yeah, he had a great season last year. And he's that creative, deep lying midfielder. He's not the next Vitinha, but I think he's a guy that's capable in filling in that role and just, you know, dictating the game in the midfield better than what we have. And I think he would pair really well with, uh, with Uribe. So huge loss. And, uh, he's going to a club that is an absolute disaster. So I feel bad for him. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I guess it's good for him because it's, he's playing for a big club, uh, in the big league. So it's a good opportunity get a chance to make a move to another men's club. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it, yeah, it could be a stepping stone into a, a, a different, um, you know, a different place in the future, but I don't know. I don't know how it's going to turn out over there because he does have some quality. I don't know if he's Valencia ready or not, but he's going to be, he's going to walk into a club full of, full of problems. So I don't know. Yeah, exactly. He, he, I think he would have been better off joining. Uh, I mean, better off joining Spartan because how thin we are in midfield. But if not Spartan, right. then any of the big three rather than going outside to Spain and, and trying his luck at, like you said, a house on fire. Um, anyways, best of luck to him. Um, so, Christian, the, the next guy coming in apparently uh, is this Alexandropoulos. That was actually easier than I thought. Five mil, they keep 15%. I'm going to quickly transfer market him. Um, but while I do it, what are your thoughts on this? If you have any. Uh, I have no thoughts. I'm unfamiliar with him. Uh, I have caught random Greek games. Never Panathinaikos. They've honestly been shite like, yeah. in the last five plus years. Like They used to be like in battles with Olympiacos as like, you know, the, two, the two of the biggest clubs, right? Obviously, Ike was there as well. But Panathinaikos is not what they once were. I guess a current teammate of Sportar who just went over there. Um, True. They lost in the Conference League, so no year up for them. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess they must 
he must be a guy that they have previously identified, so that's why they were able to come up with his name quickly. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming I've watched a fair amount of him to be convinced, right? So I, I guess I have I have reasonable expectations, but I, I also don't think that you know it's guaranteed to to be a hit by any means, you know. Yeah, it's so tough, especially. Well, I mean, Greeks do have a decent track record at, in the Portuguese league, right? I guess Ruben Namurin with his Benfica time. Yeah, it's not Benfica. any Greek midfielder will do, you know? Um, Benfica had a couple Greeks. Benfica's had more Greeks, obviously, over the yeah, years. Yeah, for sure. I don't think Spart- has Spartan ever had a Greek. Has Sparta ever had a Greek? Kaza the Pivot tweeted out there's one, and he played on the team that won the title in 2001, I think. Defender. I so what are you telling me, Chris? It's coming back home or what? <laughs> I don't know. What's his value on there? Uh, it is three, three mil, three million euros. So three yeah. million euros. Sounds Usually, like- from yeah, from what I've seen, I mean, for the most part, he played fifth. Like, for the most part, he played as a defensive midfield there, which we already have two of. So I mean, heck, why? What's one more? This is really giving me Paul Bento vibes with uh, constant DMs. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that we don't not need a CDM, but we could use other positions first, probably. We can use just an, a CM in general, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> he it. does play CM, to be fair, as well. Maybe that's the vision for him. I don't know. Maybe that was just yeah. the, the needs of his squad. Tough, tough to say. Maybe yeah. He's a Greek League expert. Yeah, we do. We'll, we'll, we'll try to find one. We I'm sure. Sign, we actually sign him. We'll, we'll find one. Yeah. Uh, let me quickly go back to our page. I'm going to quickly scroll through before we finish off here. Uh, of course, Slimani, official at Brest. Um, the Jet out of Lisbon today. Slimani out once and for all. Finally. It is what it is. We lost our drippiest player. If if a player ever signs for us, side note, I love Slimani. A player ever signs for us and he's wearing a fucking bucket hat, <laughs> I don't want him to sign anymore. <laughs> Louis, do you have any thoughts on on the Slimani saga that went on from an out as an outsider, and and any thoughts on on us on us getting rid of him? You guys are gonna have to you guys are gonna have to inform me. I I I heard about the buzz, but I never just really tuned into it. He just no, yeah. I guess like it's unclear. He was yeah. signed like we had elections in in March, and he was brought in yeah. right at the tail end of the January transfer window. It was unclear right. if somebody even wanted him or not. If he was just kind of. Just forced into the club. Yeah, just kind of forced into the club. Yep. Um, he came in decently well, right? He scored a couple goals in that first month. He was actually like a player of the month for the league for the month of March, right? Or the month of April. Um, and then he kind of had a couple bad performances, and he wasn't starting regularly. And I guess like he had attitude in training, and then that was it. That's pretty much the whole story. And yeah, he's just kind of been isolated the entire preseason so far we ha- obviously have only had Paulinho on the roster people are like just make amends with him you know you've already signed him he's already on you know he's already on high wages just like his one year left on his deal just just figure it out with him you know but guess not they rescinded eight fifty percent of that money and uh Slimani went on his way to like you would think a, a bottom quarter of the table French league team yeah uh, rest so we'll see <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. That I mean, transfer news. That's pretty much it for Sporting. Rui, anything on the Porto side that we should know of? Well, obviously the David Carmo kind of uh, took me a bit by surprise because I never thought that Porto would pull the trigger and buy someone for twenty million euros, especially in the same league. So um, you know, that's an exciting transfer. Obviously, Gabriel Veron. We saw some some flashes of him in the, in the first three games. We saw the the goal being um, anulado in the in the in the game against Sporting. So you know he um, he's a really exciting player. I'm looking forward to seeing what what he's all about. 19 years old. Um, Andre Franco is uh, is one player that I'm kind of. I wish we I don't know. Him, yeah, he he had a pretty good season last year with um uh was Ishtoriel, right? Yeah. Um so a very good season, but I don't know if he is the problem. Uh, um, if he's going to resolve our problems in the midfield cuz I feel like we need more of a deeper 
uh, center midfielder. He's more of an attacking pure number 10. So, I mean, I guess it's a good signing for just four or five million euros or whatever it was. So maybe for the long run, he can be an essential role player or maybe a spot starter and whatnot. But um, as of right now, I feel like it's going to be hard for him to make his way onto the starting 11. But uh, we had a few other players that we picked up, I think. Uh, I think we finalized the Grujic transfer, this, um, this transfer window. And yeah. yeah, we finalized Steven Nostakiu, your boy, yeah. who really just does not catch a break. And, you know, I'm a big fan of his, and I'm surprised that he didn't get the minutes in, in this game against Sporting. So he's an exciting player, and I, I like him too. So I think Sergio Conceição eventually is going to continue to groom him a bit, and maybe he'll find his way into the that starting uh, 11 because there's one midfield spot that's just a huge question mark. So maybe it's his for. For taking yeah yeah i mean i'd hope so i mean i thought with vitinga going this would be the perfect opportunity for for Stakiu. and then you guys signed andre franco which i don't know yeah. i don't know where to think of that i mean i like i like andre franco a lot too to be fair so um you guys have a stacked midfield man stacked midfield so um yeah i mean best of luck to you guys not too much luck but uh, <laughs> best of luck nonetheless um any any positions you think still need filling, or are you satisfied with your with your squad going into the season right now? Uh, fullbacks have been always a question, you know, with with Zaidu and and Joao Mario. I, I always I never really minded him because I like his attacking threat. Because <clears throat> excuse me, he's um he's in a he's naturally a winger or a right midfielder, uh, so he's got the capabilities of of getting forward and he's getting better defensively and tracking back. But uh, Zaidu was a position that uh, was a player that I thought was going to be replaced in the off season. He wasn't. And for the most part, he's having a pretty good season this year. Not the best player, but I think we can do with him. So just pretty much it's, it's the midfield. Our strikers are great. We have a lot of depth up there. Our wingers, we have a lot of depth there as well. And then the midfield, we have a lot of options, but we still just don't know who's going to be that guy to pair with Uribe. So that's, that's just pretty much it. Fair enough. Krish, anything else to add? Nah, man. Uh, Ronaldo watch, I guess, right? Not uh, happening. Played, played I'm convinced. Five. He's staying at United. Big win. Big win. He played five minutes. <laughs> Don't see him starting the next game, right? They're going to probably keep rolling with the team that nope. just had their best performance, right? So, yep. unclear what, what happens to CR7. They just bought his boy in Casmiro. I don't think he's leaving. And shout out to Bruno Fernandes. I don't know if this comment has anything to do with Bruno Fernandes or not. You love to see the shithousery that would happen in the Portuguese <laughs> league happen in, in England, you know? They wouldn't be ready for it, bro. Huh? They wouldn't be ready for it. It wouldn't be no. taken seriously, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Rui, thanks again for joining us, dude. Again, everybody that's watching. Loki, I'm not trying to insult anybody. <laughs> I don't know if you've been watching the comments. I feel like we have a lot of bots in here today. Uh, <laughs> There's been a lot of like maybe I'm missing something. Is there is this like a movement? Hold on. Which one? Uh, so that hashtag is a little smart thing. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen this before either. That's why I'm like, are are, are we invaded by bots? I you know, people man. are real. Shout I'll, out to you guys. I'll look into it. <laughs> but anyways uh Rui thanks as always for joining us guys give Rui, Rui Zingwa a follow right here his red card uh, report podcast which uh we've heard is being rebranded and will be back but of course his Porto podcast for any Portistas out there um guys give us a follow at Sporting 160 uh you know give me a follow give Steph a follow Sam a follow Please a follow you know give us all a follow on Twitter um with that being said oh okay i'm real my bad guys my bad i'm just saying you guys all just came out of nowhere bro i just thought you guys were a bunch of bots bro i i fucking love you guys bro look guys come back next podcast too so i know you guys are real so much for so much hashtag hashtag so much for so much you know you're boys. Yeah. get better man get healthy dude get healthy. yeah for real <laughs> 
All right, guys. That being said, uh, arrivederci and uh, see you next time. Rui, thanks as always, bro. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. It was a blast. Thanks. Thank <laughs> you.